You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 185, and today I'm taking you behind the scenes of my first week of rehearsals for Escape to Margaritaville at the Angaman Theater. Let's get started. My name is Maggie Barra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com forward slash podcast. You can follow me for more tips on the actor lifestyle at Actor Aesthetic or my personal profile at Maggie Barra. All links are in the show notes. Now, please, let's get on to the show. Wasting away again on the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. What's up, everyone? It's Maggie. Thank you for joining me this week for another episode. And if you haven't already seen on my Instagram, I just recently started rehearsals for Escape to Margaritaville. We are playing at the Angaman Theater on Long Island beginning July 13th, running all the way through the end of August. And we just started rehearsals on Tuesday of this past week. And I want to fill you in on what I've been working on, what I've been doing, what is my life at the moment, because things have been absolutely bonkers, but so good in the best way possible. So... To catch you up, especially those of you who might be newer to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, welcome. I am living in Hoboken, New Jersey right now. So I bought a place with my younger sister, Taylor. She is also a musical theater performer, and we've both been doing this for a very long time. Her, even since she was, I don't know, eight nine years old professionally. So we've been around and uh, we bought a place in Hoboken just last year. We moved in in late February, early March of 2022. And that was during the rehearsal process of uh, The Baker's Wife that I did at Theater Row in New York City with J2 Spotlight Off-Broadway. I was the swing for the show. I was the female swing for the show. And we worked with the incredible cast and creative team at J2 Spotlight. Theater Row is right on 42nd Street. It was an amazing, amazing experience. And of course, we got to work with Stephen Schwartz, which was like, what? Hello? Absolutely insane. Anyway, I digress. While I was doing The Baker's Wife, I was also working full-time as the marketing manager for the Broadway Collective, which is a musical theater educational company. And a lot of my work was online. So I was able to basically do my work during the day and then cover the show at night. Now, because most of my work was virtual, I was able to complete my work remotely. But something happened in the spring of 2022 that actually completely changed the trajectory of my career. After we closed on our place in Hoboken, we went out with our real estate agent and we met a ton of the other agents and employees at the Jill Biggs Group, which is where my agent works. And the Jill Biggs Group happens to be one of the top real estate groups in the entire country. In fact, they just ranked 44 in mega teams in the entire country, beating 
the Oppenheim group, if you know them from Selling Sunset. Pretty, pretty cool. They were on the hunt for someone to join their marketing team, and one thing led to another, and I ended up joining the Jill Biggs group as their marketing associate and social media manager. Now, remember, this was the spring of 2022. So from 2022 to just last month, June of 2023, I have been working full-time with the Jill Biggs group, and I've still been recording self-tapes, going to auditions performing in 54 Below concerts. And even earlier this year, I was in a new off-Broadway musical called Powerline Road, which I talked a little bit about. And if you're interested in learning more about how in the hell I did all of this and how I didn't drive myself absolutely insane, check out episode 171 of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. That one's called A Day in the Life of an Actor with a 9-to-5 Job. I think that is so important to uh, to talk about and to figure out whether or not it's worth it, whether or not you can do that. Um, but the reason why I'm telling you about all of this backstory is because it brings us here to today, where I am now you know, well into rehearsals of... Escape to Margaritaville. And I asked you all on my story on at Actor Aesthetic, what is it do you want to know? Like, what questions do you have about equity, about auditions, about agents, about the rehearsal process itself, about regional theaters, about the Angaman Theater itself? What is it that you want to know besides just what you might learn about in school? One of the biggest reasons why I started Actor Aesthetic was because I wanted to remove that veil, remove the unknown, the uncertainty about going from a college training program or a high school training program to the real world. There's like a huge informational gap there and it's hard to cover it all. But the more that we share our stories and our experiences, I think the better off this next generation of theater artists is going to be because you'll have a better understanding about how everything works. You'll be able to advocate for yourself better. You'll feel better about the work you're doing because you're not so worried about the logistics of it all, about the contracts and the negotiations and all of the rules and unspoken rules that you don't know about until you actually are in the room singing and dancing and acting. Because I've shared my experience so candidly on Actor Aesthetic about how I was working my nine to five job, full-time job, and then also performing in a show in New York City, um, a lot of you asked me how I'm going to make this work now uh, with the travel. So if you don't know about the Angaman Theater, it's located on Long Island And uh, they cast most of their actors, if not all of their actors, out of the New York City area. So they expect that their actors um, live in this area and then travel to and from rehearsals in New York City. And then they figure out travel accommodations for you to head out to Long Island every day for your show. A couple of you have asked me how I'm making that work. For the duration of my contract, which began this week and will end at the end of August, I am going to be shortening my hours to more of a part-time position with my marketing job so that I'm able to confidently do it all and not overwork myself. It was definitely easier to do a show in New York City that was a short run where I didn't need to travel a whole lot and then still complete 
my work in a timely fashion. You know, I, I'm a salaried employee at the Jill Biggs Group, and so it's a little bit different than working hourly. It's it's more so about when you're a salaried employee, it's more so about getting your projects done, getting what you need to get done, done in whatever time it takes. Yes, at, at this job, it's expected that you're at the office nine to five every day, but I was very clear from the start of my interview process for this company that you know, back in 2022, that this is also something I'd love to do. You know, I'm, I'm a professional actress. I will continue to pursue this full time as well. And if you are interested in bringing me on the team, just know that this is a conversation that we will continue to have to have. If you want to keep me on the team, knowing that I am also pursuing this other side of, of my life, which is performing. So, so far I've been really, really grateful with this opportunity, but if, if, if this is ever anything that interests you, if you are looking into something that instead of maybe waiting tables or babysitting or teaching, if you're interested in working in another field that you're also skilled at or have some background or experience in, and you're looking for something that's part-time or full-time or freelance, that you're able to work around your priorities. It's not easy, but you have to have difficult conversations so that everyone is on the same page and that those expectations are set. So that brings us to Margaritaville, where now I'm working part time at my other job and full time rehearsing for one of the most fun shows I've done in a very long time. Powerline Road was equally, equally, equally as fun, just in a very different way. And that was an incredible show and you know, piece of material that I could really find myself and my character in. Like, wow, what a dream. I could talk about it for days. But Escape to Margaritaville is a little bit different and it's fun and it's Jimmy Buffett music. And who doesn't love an island themed show in the summertime? So if you're interested in ever working a regional theater job, just know this. There are different types of regional theaters out there. Some of them will be totally non-equity. They will not have any contract or any negotiations with the Actors' Equity Association, with the union. So they are on their own terms. You also have community theaters and regional theaters, but those are are theaters that even if you're working at a regional theater where you're getting paid, um, those are theaters that are not, they don't have any negotiations with equity. And actually, if you are an equity member, you cannot work at those theaters unless you are given an equity contract. Then there are equity theaters or theaters that work with equity contracts. And though I won't get into super specific details about the the, the different types of contracts out there and minimum wages and everything like that, just know that all of this information is readily available to you on the Actors Equity website. If you go to actorsequity.org, you can read up a little bit more on on what equity can guarantee for you and, and what they're actually fighting for for you so that you can work in a safe and healthy environment and make a livable wage. So I am doing the show under an equity contract, and I believe... Out of the 18 people in our cast, there are seven people working under an equity contract. So because we have an equity stage manager and an equity cast, we follow equity rules. So 
For example, there are specific breaks and rest periods that we have to follow. So if we're rehearsing from 10 to 6 o'clock at night, each actor is given a five-minute rest period after no more than 55 minutes. And if a five-minute rest period is not given in a particular hour, a 10-minute rest period must be given. So there are specific rules that we need to follow when you are rehearsing an equity show, whether it's on Broadway or a regional show or a tour, and they're all different depending on the type of equity contract that you're working on. Now, our show began rehearsing on Tuesday, June 27th, and we have our first preview slash performance on July 13th. And our schedule followed this. We rehearsed Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the first week. Then we have off Monday because that's per equity rules. Tuesday in our schedule actually is an interesting one because it's 4th of July. So because that's a holiday, we also have off, which means that we lose a little bit of time in our rehearsal process because Tuesday is already July 4th. And remember how I said we open technically July 13th. So we have a really short rehearsal process, but this is normal. This is not absolutely insane and it's certainly not the shortest rehearsal process I've heard of but it's definitely up there which means we move quickly we already have act one entirely up on its feet now there are certain things we still need to iron out and things will change and grow as we run the show but we have all of act one blocked out and choreographed and everything and that happened in simply one week so what does that mean for an actor showing up to rehearsals for the first day. Well, if you want to put your best foot forward on the very first day of rehearsal, it's important that you already have a really good understanding of the show prior to stepping through that door. That doesn't mean that you need to have all your lines 100% memorized, all your music learned before you even go over it on music rehearsal days with your musical director. But when you have a truncated, shortened rehearsal process, there's not a whole lot of time to mess around. If you don't already know the music or if you're not already familiar with the music, you're going to have to learn it pretty quickly. You'll have to pick it up pretty fast. So if you're in school right now or if you're in high school or college or thinking about doing this as a career, I suggest doing whatever it takes to get good at learning music. You can practice sight reading. You can practice with a vocal coach or a voice teacher. You can take part in your school's choir or your church's choir. What I'm getting at is that you learn by doing. So the more time you can put into learning how to get good at reading music, the way better off you're going to be when you're being put on the spot in a short rehearsal process for a big show. And not every show that you do is going to have a soundtrack or a cast album that you'll be able to listen to and follow along with and memorize before you start rehearsals. There are certain songs in this version of Escape to Margaritaville, this licensed version of Escape to Margaritaville, that are not in the cast recording. And there's also vice versa. There's stuff in the cast recording that's not in our show. So that means that 
some of the stuff we learned was brand new to us on the first day of rehearsal, which is fine if you are someone who picks up music quickly. And the same thing goes for choreography. You'll be in a much better place your first few days of rehearsal if you already have a background, whether it's a background in dance or you've taken class enough to build up that skill set of learning choreography quickly, you'll need that skill set too for auditions as well. So it's something that's really valuable. And if you were young or if you're just starting out, it's so important to, to hone that skill and also to keep it up. Staying in class, taking class and staying in class is a great way to stay fresh. Now, with a show like this, we have a couple of people in our cast who've already done the show, so they know it well, and even if they didn't necessarily play the particular character that they're playing in this version of the show, they know it well. So there are certain shows out there that are done a lot. Right now, it's Escape to Margaritaville. There's also you know, a million productions of Beautiful that are happening, and, and the gift that keeps on giving is if you're cast in one of those productions and then the director moves on to a different theater and they're doing the same production and bring you along with it because they know that A, you're a, a hard worker, B, you're reliable, and C, you've already done the show, so you already know the material. So that's kind of cool, getting to be with people who have already worked on the show before and hearing from their experiences in their productions, what worked, what didn't, and uh, how they're going to bring that over to this particular production. That sometimes is intimidating because think about how you feel about a show by the end of its run. You know it backwards and forwards. You can recite every single line, including the people who are on stage, even when you're off stage, their lines, because you live and breathe that show for a good amount of time, whether it's your high school show or a tour that you were on for years. You know that show. And so when you're brand new to the show and you're surrounded by a couple people, and I say surrounded by lately because there are only a couple people in our cast who have done the show previously, but if you if you are given the opportunity to do a show where others in your cast have already done the show, uh, don't stress out, don't freak out too much. Just because they know it doesn't mean that it, there's any harm on you. No one's looking at you and thinking, why don't you know the show already? Just know that... Those are the people that you can lean on. Those are the people you can gravitate towards because they already have a really strong foundation with the show. Now, I've noticed something that's pretty neat when it comes to note-taking and how people learn uh, their choreography, their songs, their set changes and movements and blocking. And there's just a difference in the way that people approach their work ethic here. And it's awesome to see some people like to use iPads. I have always been an iPad girly, but because I'm only doing one track now, if I'm swinging a show or understudying a show, I like to have an iPad because I can color code and I can make a bunch of notes and change things around. I am not using that for this kind of show. I like to use my script, pen and paper. I'm good to go. And many of us are like that, but there are a few that do like a more digital approach. They use iPads. They use, um, you know, some people like to just write cross on stage, cross off stage, cross center, you know, actually physically writing the, the phrases of, of, blocking. And then there are some people who like to draw it out, map it out for themselves. However, I think it's 
really smart to take as many notes as possible, almost take too many notes on your script so that you have something to look back at. The good thing is, is that if you ever have any questions at all, you can always ask your your director, you can always ask your stage manager. They have a really good eye for what's happening and especially your stage manager because they need to know the ins and outs of that production. So if you ever have a question about blocking or anything like that, you can always ask your stage manager or if it's choreography, your dance captain. And I would say never be afraid to ask questions because your rehearsal process is for you. Those first two weeks are for your cast to learn the show and put it up on its feet. Once you get to the designer run, which will be, you know, runs of your act one and act two for the creatives of the show, for the sound designer and the lighting designer and the costumer, Once you get to that, then the show becomes more about the production. And that's when things switch gears and now you're you're moving into tech and it's less about you and more about the overall picture of the show. So it's really important in those first few weeks of rehearsal before you get to the runs of the show and tech of the show that you're asking the right questions and you know exactly what is happening and when. And as someone who has been an understudy and a swing in the past, it's so, so, so important to get ahead of that now because you never know when you'll have to be thrown on last minute, especially if you've never had um, a rehearsal before or a, a run through. Cool thing is, is that I see that on our schedule, there are understudy rehearsals happening every week once the show opens. So that's an awesome perk. I remember when I understudied back at the Fireside Theater in Wisconsin, I understudied Christine in Phantom and I understudied Ariel in Little Mermaid. And we had understudy rehearsals, I want to say twice a week almost until the end of the runs where we did them less frequently because we were pretty solid in our uh, knowledge of our traffic patterns and our music and our choreography and our blocking. And that just depends on the contract. It depends on the specific theater that you're working at as to how many understudy rehearsals you're actually given throughout your run. In regards to COVID, what we had to do for this first week of rehearsals was test Uh, I think it was like 72 hours prior up to 72 hours prior was a PCR test and um, four hours before rehearsal, you could you could also instead opt for a rapid test for that. We are following the CDC guidelines. So whatever they say goes for us, as well as the union, Um, I will get back to you on that if and when if. God forbid we ever run into a situation where um, an actor does come down with COVID. But knock on wood, so far so good. And this is the last thing that I want to touch on before I leave you, and I'll I'll come back next week with some more updates. And of course, if you have any more questions for me specifically about the show, about the run, about rehearsals or the audition process, please shoot me a DM at Actor Aesthetic on Instagram. The last thing I want to talk about is illness and rehearsals and knowing your body and knowing your limits. So when I last week, so our rehearsal started on Tuesday and the week prior Thursday, I started coming down with some symptoms. I it felt pretty much like a sinus infection. I've gotten them in the past 
And so I had a feeling I had tested for COVID just to make sure it was not COVID. So I was not contagious with that disease. However, I was feeling not great. And I at first felt like allergies, then started to get a little bad. And then by Saturday, I started to lose my voice. By Sunday, it was almost gone. And by Monday, I woke up and I was like, oh boy, this ain't good. And you know how like sometimes you get sick and like you're okay at first and then the post-nasal drip sets in and your vocal cords get inflamed and you're all feeling like groggy and it's just the worst. And so I ended up going to the doctor. I made like a telemed appointment on Monday just to figure out what the heck is going on, see if I could maybe get some medicine because I was going to let it run its course. But I knew that if I went to rehearsals on Tuesday, feeling the way I did on Monday with no medicine, I was going to be at a really bad place. So I ended up having a telemed appointment. They put me on antibiotics and a steroid for my voice, which you have to be so careful with. Because the thing about steroids for your voice or medicine like that for your voice is that it can trick you into thinking you have more of a voice than you actually do. So you want to be extra, extra, extra careful not to overdo it and not to oversing, overcommunicate because you could further damage your voice and that is not good for us. It's just like when you have an injury, whether it's in dance or a sport, and you have some medicine that'll help you feel better in the moment, but then you overexert yourself and you you hurt yourself even more. You damage, whether it's a bone or a ligament, you damage it even more. And then you're left with an issue that you have to deal with either for the rest of your life or for a long period of time. And that's just not worth it. So here's what I have to say about illness and rehearsals. You know your body better than anyone. If you are not feeling well, you have to communicate that with your team and know that everyone is there working towards a bigger picture, working towards a higher goal. No one wants to see you fail. No one wants to see your voice give out. No one wants to see you get injured. Everyone wants you to succeed there because everyone wants that show to succeed. So my first few rehearsals where I usually am like singing like crazy and having a good time and talking like mad and just making new friends and I I couldn't do that, right? And I had to be really careful with it. And so I just warn you that If you do find yourself in a situation where you are not feeling well, whether it's an injury or it's an illness or something further, communicate that to your team and take a step back and know that everything's going to be okay. The show is still going to go on and you'll find out a way. And this is not a very easy show to sing. There's a lot of pop and rock and and music that at least and I know for sure from my character I'm singing like a lot of stuff and I'm singing pretty high in my register in like a high belt so you know I had to be really careful so without getting too deep into that just know that you know your body better than anyone and and take care of yourself Rehearsals are really long. Um, Rehearsal days are long, especially if you're in the show a lot and especially if you're doing a lot of movement or singing or dancing. 
it's they're long days. So make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Make sure you're drinking a ton of water and make sure you're getting sleep. That is the most important ingredient to a successful day of rehearsals. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you, again, have any more questions for me about the process, make sure to reach out to me at Actor Aesthetic on Instagram, and I'll answer more for next week's episode. It takes a village. I'll see you next week. <laughs>